bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! What's up, Utes fans? I'm your host, Zach Rieger, and welcome to another Swoop Saturday podcast presented by The Hive Sports. We are back. We are back. And that's not just for this podcast. Not only is this podcast back for another great episode, we are back. I said last week that things were moving in the right direction, and now here we are. The Pac-12 will be playing football this fall. This is not a drill, folks. This is unbelievable i'm so excited i cannot stress how excited i am and i know you guys are as well we are back we will see the utes play football this fall i am so excited and i will give you more information on that in a little bit but first i want to remind you guys follow us on the hive sports on twitter and you can follow me as well at zach rieger 18 and yeah, so on the show, I'm going to be talking about that. The Pac-12 is returning, so I'm going to be giving kind of my initial thoughts on that. I'm going to be talking about the use 2020 season a little bit and tell you kind of what we know at this point because it's still pretty new and pretty fresh. But don't worry, I'm still going to be talking about the former Utes in the NFL, tell you how they did last week. I'll preview them heading into week three starting tomorrow. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode. I hope you guys are ready for it, because I know I am, and I know Posty is. The Pac-12 is back, baby. Oh, it's been a little bit since I've played a little Post Malone on this podcast. No, no, it's just the episodes I feel like are so much better when he makes an appearance. So I think you should probably do that a little more often. But all right, let's, let's get into it. I can't wait anymore. So the great news... We are back. We are back. I can't stop saying it. Let's go. So here's what we know about the Pac-12 season so far. It's going to be a seven-game season that starts on November 6th. Getting away from football just for a sec. Men's and women's basketball can also start on November 25th, which is pretty exciting as well because with it being summer and into early fall, all been focused on is football. But men's and women's basketball can start soon too, which is awesome in its own right. But we'll talk about that on a later date. Right now, let's just focus on football. And so here's another thing we know. So as of now, the seven games, how it's going to be set up, teams will play their five division games. So for Utah, that's Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC, and for now, Colorado. Colorado's a little interesting because the county of Boulder is being very strict with COVID cases right now because they're very high in that county. So initial thoughts, kind of from what I've read, they will be willing to help out Colorado to have them play this season if cases go down slightly, but we might have to look somewhere else. Maybe Utah will get to play BYU this year. I don't know. But as of now, Colorado is still going to be playing us this year. So with those games, be sure to listen to my Swoop Saturday 2020 football preview episode from a few weeks ago. 
to hear my thoughts on how the youth will match up against those squads. I did a whole thing back when it was going to be a 10-game conference-only schedule. I broke down the entire schedule. So be sure, because not much has changed since then. It's still going to be the same players for Utah, same players for these teams. So really be sure to listen to that. Because I know off the bat, I know Arizona State is a game I'm super excited about. They're going to be a very tough opponent. USC right now, they're kind of projected to win the Pac-12. So two very difficult games just in those two. So be sure to listen to my thoughts, see how we will match up with them, and how I think ultimately we can win both of those games. So be sure to listen to that. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just wherever you listen to podcasts, The Hive Sports is there. And it's titled Hashtag Soup Saturday 2020 Football Preview. So make sure you listen to that. So those are five of the seven games. The sixth game will be one Pac-12 team from another from another division. Excuse me. And, you know, knowing Utah's luck, it will probably be Oregon, which I have very mixed feelings about. You know, the competitor in me really wants to, you know wants to play them, to beat them. You know, they knocked us out of the Pac-12 title last year. If we would have won that game, we probably would have been in the college football playoff. So, you know, I want to beat Oregon. Like, it only sounds right. But at the same time, it's Oregon. It's tough. It's already short in the season. I'm okay with uh, just happening to, you know, not play them. So I'm kind of torn there. I think probably everyone's going to put Utah against Oregon because that's who will most likely be playing, and that's what people will want to see us play, if that makes any sense, kind of rambling there. And I think it's also just a good fit because I mentioned it on one of my first podcasts that I did for the Hive Sports. I think Utah is trying to kind of turn into what Oregon has become. With the Pac-12, they don't get a ton of respect from... You know, the whole country, except for, you know, Oregon, USC, the really big teams. And Utah's getting their way there. So we're kind of trying to become the new Oregon. Oregon's got the nice unis. Utah's unis are pretty nice as well. So we just need to, you know, beat them. (laughs) So this year would be a great year to beat them. But, you know, I'm okay if it's uh, another team like... Oregon State, you know, that would be a good one. Then the seventh game in the season will be the conference championship. It's kind of interesting how they're doing this. So the two teams that play the best, they will compete in the Pac-12 championship. And then all the other teams that don't make it will play against another Pac-12 team that also did not make the championship. So every single team will be playing seven games for some, it'll be the seventh is the championship, and the other ones will just be a kind of an exhibition game. Kind of interesting. I'm really not that sure how I feel about it right now. I guess it's good because everyone gets to play the same amount of games, but and you have that one game that means the most. But I guess it's kind of like a mini bowl game. But I can't complain by anything that happens in the these notes because football's back Pac-12 football's back Utah football is back I'm just glad we're playing a season I will take the seven games 
even if it's a little funky, but you know what? What hasn't been funky in 2020? So I'm okay with it. I'm glad it's happening. One thing I'm a little less upset about, or one thing that I'm a little more upset about, I should say, is as of now, no Pac-12 team will be eligible for the college football playoff due to the limited number of games. As you know, college football has already been playing. SEC is kicking off today, actually. So people have been playing. They get the head start over the Pac-12. So right now, makes sense. But honestly, it's not like they would really get a big look anyways unless one of the teams went undefeated. So, you know, kind of sucks on the aspect that it's Pac-12 in the college football playoff. Not as much that oh, this season they're not going to get looked at. There needs to be an 18 playoff at least. NCAA, extend your playoffs, please. And then one other, you know, sad note, but this will be the last sad note because football's back, baby. There will be no fans allowed at any of these Pac-12 games. So if you know any ways to sneak into Rice-Eccles Stadium, you let me know. I I won't tell anyone (laughs) because I'll definitely want to see some games, but... You know, like I said earlier, we cannot be upset at this time. This is a happy day, happy weekend. Utah Utes will be playing football this fall. It will be awesome. So I'm looking forward to, you know, watching and listening for more information to come out. I will let you guys know kind of as more information does come out. Be sure to check out my article on this on thehivesports.com. You just go to the Utah tab. Well, College Sports tab, then Utah tab, and you will see this article by me about this awesome, exciting news. But let's go to the NFL. So the former Utes that I've been talking about, they still played well, but last week they had a ton of huge plays in week one. Not a totally the case here in week two, but... They still did their part. They played well, and I think they're just going to continue to have great seasons. And week three tomorrow, I think they're going to do really great. So let's start off with the guy that we've started off with every single podcast. The guy who, you know, I think it's only right that we do. And that is Zach Moss, of course, running back for the Buffalo Bills. I talked about week one was not very efficient on the ground I think it was nine carries for 12 yards or something like that well this week he got eight carries for 37 yards so that's a much better average yards per carry that's over four yards per carry which is very nice but this week he did not find the end zone and didn't get any catches or targets so he did not play a role in the passing game which I thought was very interesting after getting three catches last week So that's a little interesting. He did leave the game with an injury, and he's missed practice so far this week, and he's questionable to play week three. So we really hope him the best. We hope that he's okay because we want him to heal because we know what Zach Moss can be if he is fully healthy. And, I mean, it'd be awesome for him to play. As of now, I don't know if he will because he hasn't practiced yet. But... It would be very nice for him to play week three because it's against a Rams defense that's given up pretty big games to Ezekiel Elliott in week one and then Miles Sanders last week in week two. So Zach Moss could have a big day if he does play. Whether he does or not, we don't know, but he is improving. 
because he didn't get the touchdown this week, no passing game work, but his yards per carry, which as a running back, that's going to be kind of how he starts, and then he'll probably branch off and get more work. So averaging four over four yards a carry is much better than averaging just over one yard a carry. So very positive uh, movement going on for Zach Moss. So we want to keep that up, and we once again hope that he's okay. We know it's not a major injury, but, you know, we want him to stay healthy out there, especially since there were an insane amount of injuries last Sunday, like unprecedented numbers. So I also just want to throw out there, I hope everyone gets a nice speedy recovery and comes back even stronger than they were before they got hurt because I know in the NFL they got some of the strongest minds, strongest wills, they will make great comebacks, and uh, I'm rooting for him over here on my end. And the next guy I want to talk about is another guy, another rookie that I've talked about all the time that has just played amazing, and that is Jalen Johnson, cornerback for the Chicago Bears. This week against the Giants, he got four combined tackles with three of them being solo against the Giants. And he has played very well in his first two games for the surprisingly 2-0 Bears. How about that, Chicago? He is still looking for his first NFL interception, but that will come with how well he has been playing. I know it will come. And this next week, he's going to be playing the Falcons, who throw the ball a ton. That That's all they do. I have Matt Ryan in my fantasy league. I love it. That's all they do is throw the ball. So with that, Jalen Johnson is going to get tested just through sheer volume, but then also he's going to have to cover Calvin Ridley, who has four touchdowns on the season already through only two games, and when he's not guarding Calvin Ridley, who's going to have to cover? Oh, just Julio Jones, you know, no big deal. So Jalen Johnson, will he be able to do it? Absolutely, but it will not be easy, but he should be ready, and we'll see if the Bears can go to 3-0, and and if they do... It will most likely be because of a good defensive effort, especially from Jalen Johnson. So with this, you know, matchup, he's got a decent shot to get his first pick. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be watching for that and just waiting because it should happen. And then this next guy, who was also a rookie from the Ute secondary a year ago, a guy who I really haven't talked about on this podcast, but he played very well last week, and that is Julian Blackman safety for the Colts. He totaled two tackles against the Vikings, but he also had two pass breakups. And what was really great about that was one of those pass breakups led to an interception by a teammate for the Colts, and it was just a beautiful play on a deep ball. Blackman played it perfectly, hit it, tipped it, broke it up, and then his teammate caught the ball for the interception. And that was against the Vikings, who are 0-2 and have not played very well. But guess the tough matchup he has this next week, starting tomorrow for Week 3. He is playing the New York Jets, who have just looked abysmal and have looked just awful. I have a hard time coming up with words to describe, you know, the Jets 2020 season, especially on the offensive side of the ball, so... Julian Blackman will have plenty of opportunities to play well yet again against a team that 
is probably the worst in the league, I think, at this point. I know going in, a lot of people were between the Jags and the Jets, but ladies and gentlemen, Minshew Mania is real. And the Jaguars are actually not that bad of a team, or at least not as bad as many people thought. Kind of like the Miami Dolphins last year. Everyone thought they were going to be terrible, but they actually came out with a handful of wins, and they got the number five overall pick instead of the number one pick. So I think it's the Jets, hands down. Just got the news that they're playing next Thursday night. So uh, not looking forward to that one, but, you know, I will be watching. <laughs> And now I also want to talk about a guy who I I brought up before on the podcast, but I haven't really done it with the weekly uh, recaps as much, and that is Garrett Bowles, because I just want to kind of give him more of a shout-out. He went up against possibly the top defense in the NFL in Pittsburgh, and the Broncos had a backup quarterback, and the Broncos actually almost won the game. Bowles and the Broncos offensive line kept Jeff Driscoll pretty much as protected as possible. He still was pretty rattled and shaken up, but when you have a backup quarterback, you have you're versing an amazing offensive line or an amazing defensive line in Pittsburgh. You know, I, I just want to kinda of give him some credit. Bulls has played pretty well this season and he's acting like he wants to get extended because they did not pick up his fifth year option. And next week it gets easier but not too much easier because it is Tampa and their defense has played very well here in 2020. And now I want to talk about Marcus Williams' safety for the New Orleans Saints. And let me tell you, in the NFL opener, first game in Las Vegas in NFL history, the Raiders actually came to play and they upset the Saints on Monday Night Football. Marcus Williams played great when it comes to stat line. He racked up nine total tackles, with seven of them being solo tackles. So, amazing stats day. But when you look at it, honestly, you don't really want your safety having a huge stat day and coming up with nine tackles. That means the running back, you know, got past the defensive line and got past the linebackers, and so the safety had to make the tackle. Or that means that they're just giving up air yardage through passing, and all of a sudden the safeties have to make the tackle because they're the last line of defense. So you normally don't really want that, uh, just to kind of put in perspective, last, well, I can't say last week, in week one, when the Saints beat the Bucks, you know, Marcus Williams only had one tackle, and he got that interception, and just because a safety only has one tackle, you know, you don't judge them based off tackles as much, and they can still, you know, really make an impact on the game and on the outcome of the game you know, without having a huge, like, stat line. So, you know, kind of mixed feelings about that one. The Saints end up getting the L, but Mark Williams, you know, racked up a, a ton of tackles. He really played great for the most part. So the Saints, they they looked they looked uh, kind of lost there without Michael Thompson on the other side of the ball. And this next week, they're playing the Packers on Monday night. So that's going to be another tough one. Oh, on uh, Sunday night, excuse me. And like I said, they looked kind of lost without Michael Thomas on offense. It doesn't really fall on Marcus Williams as he plays on the defense, obviously. But when the offense isn't putting up as many points and they kind of look lost, normally doesn't really bode well for the defense. And the Packers 
offense and the Packers in general have just looked very good this year. I know last year, yes, they went 13-3, and but I just, I was not really a believer in the Packers. They just, they won a ton of close games. Like, they never really looked that good, but they just found a way to kind of win. And, you know, 13-3, and that's an amazing record, but I just kind of thought, you know, that wasn't truly sustainable. That wasn't truly the Packers, but the way they've came out in 2020, I'm, I'm kind of starting to believe in what the Packers are doing. So this is going to be a very tough game, even though the Saints are at home. They're back in the Dome, so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully they can bounce back, and hopefully Mark Swims can actually, you know, maybe get a little less tackles this week, you know, maybe a little less of a stat line, because that seems to, you know, pay off in his favor. And now moving on to another former Ute secondary, as, you know, it seems like the University of Utah just produces great NFL secondary member just over and over again because there are just so many great cornerbacks and safeties that played at the University of Utah. But this guy is Eric Rowe, safety for the Miami Dolphins. He played the Bills last week. He got two tackles, one combined, one solo. You know, pretty even split there. But the Dolphins did fall to 0-2, and the Bills' air attack has been insane. I know last week I talked about how the Bills in Week 1, they threw the ball even though they were destroying the Jets on the scoreboard. And they didn't destroy the Dolphins by any means on the scoreboard, but they're letting Josh Allen sling it a little bit, which is kind of exciting just as an NFL fan, just to kind of watch him throw the ball that much, just to kind of see what Josh Allen can do. You know, the Dolphins lost, they fell to 0-2, but guess what? They are now 1-2. Yes, the Dolphins played on Thursday night, so can't really do a Week 3 preview. I can do a Week 2 recap and a Week 3 recap for Eric Rowe here. Yes, they played on Thursday night against the Jaguars, and they won 31-13 to get their first win of the season. The Dolphins looked good on both sides of the ball. Fitzmagic won. The beard is better than the mustache, apparently. That's what I got from that game. And Rowe played pretty well, but it was definitely not his best game. I did see him miss a couple tackles. He got a pass interference called on him. But he still got five tackles and still definitely helped his team win. He kind of brings that veteran presence to a very young team. They said something on the broadcast about how they don't. the Dolphins do not have a member on their roster that is over 30 except for Ryan Fitzpatrick who's 37 so that that's kind of crazy and so that makes Roe who is 27 one of the more veteran players on not just the defense but the whole team so he was a good leader for them even today even he was even a good leader for them Thursday and they held the Jags to only 13 points, which is the lowest they've scored all season. And the last guy I want to talk about in the NFL for the former Utes players, I just kind of want to give a shout-out to him. Cody Barton, he's a linebacker for the Seahawks, and he made he does a lot of special teams work for them, and he made an amazing hit on the Patriots on a kickoff 
uh, last Sunday night and just an amazing game between the Seahawks and the Patriots. And this hit was unbelievable, just rocked the Patriots return, man. It was fantastic. I remember seeing that, and the first thing I thought was Cody Barton, Utah. Let's go. Swoop Sunday a little bit. So just got to give a shout-out to Cody Barton. Amazing hit. You know, got to keep doing your thing, Cody. You know, you'll great special teams player, and you'll uh, you'll definitely – Get to a little more defensive work as you, you know, stay with the Seahawks organization and stay with the NFL. You will, you're gonna be awesome in this league, and if you, especially if you keep making hits like that, that was that was awesome. All right, but and now one final thing I wanna talk about before I end this show. Just be sure to follow us on Twitter. We just finished our best jersey number polls. For athletes in the state of Utah, all the way from number 99, all the way to number number double zero. Yes, we went, you know, 99 to one. That's just that's too easy. So we had to go zero and then double zero after that, because you know you have to. And now we are starting an NFL poll for not just NFL youths, but NFL people from BYU, Utah State. Just other people from Utah that are now in the NFL. And being completely honest, when it came to the jersey pulls, you know, us Utes, we did not win a lot. (laughs) You know, we weren't very well represented, but that's okay because I like to think we're saving it for this NFL polls now. So go give us a follow. Go vote for the Utes once we get these polls going. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we have some just studs in the NFL now. And you know what? They need some recognition. So... Go follow the Hive Sports, vote on the polls, and let's go Utes. (laughs) But that'll do it. So thank you for listening to another Swoop Saturday podcast presented by the Hive Sports. Be sure to subscribe, rate us five stars if you enjoyed the show. I really hope you did. I know I enjoyed talking to you guys tonight. And uh, go enjoy the rest of your Swoop Saturday. And uh, let's go Utes. I'll talk to you next week. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.